from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Good evening, everybody. Hello. Hey, now. It is episode 134. Five. Six. 223 should be 134, according yeah, to that yeah, sign. That's right. Oh, okay. We erased the other one. <clears throat> okay. Never mind. So I am correct. <laughs> kind of tells you what kind of show this is going to be. We have difficulty we dealing we, with numbers. When we post these on, on the interwebs, we should just number them all 134. There you from go. Here. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. Um, oh, wow. Having a little fun here today. We've been sitting around. Solving the problems of the universe. Again. Again. Yes. Actually, not even Masonic ones this time. We're solving the big ones. But, um... Like his pizza rounder square. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, what have you been up to since our last episode? Oh, my goodness. Um, What did I do yesterday? I went to the Tall Cedars dinner, um, at which I am a member of Lancaster Forest Number 27. And I was invited to speak, and it was late enough, and people, it was seafood night at the, at the trough. The trough. At America's largest smorgasbord. The breakfast mountain. It's just a, it's a monument of gluttony. Anyway, the place is called Shady Maple, in case you don't know about it. Uh, And it is a smorgasbord of epic proportions. It's Roman-esque. It's just huge. Anyway, so I gave a, a, an abbreviated copy of my St. John's talk, and then uh, and then we bolted. Um, still super excited about our lodge and the guys and the work they're doing. Um, the new candidates coming through are really enthusiastic, and we're just we're just sitting at a really cool place right now. Brother Larry, uh, yeah, I was with Jack last night. Uh, at uh, Tall Cedars, and it was junior senior night, so being grand tall, I didn't have anything really to do except enjoy the company of the people at the table. Your wife, my wife, is a pain, uh, <laughs> and uh, and obviously uh, not a listener. And, wow. and, and met a uh, a past supreme grand tall cedar, John Shope and his wife, lovely couple. Come to find out that he played for a high school football team that played my high school football team. And in our senior year in 1961, we played against each other. Oh, no way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and he, be- he became a PIAA, Pennsylvania Intercollegiate Athletic Association, referee for football. Mm-hmm. So he knew my football coaches. He knew people I grew up and oh, went to school cool. with. It was a fantastic night. Really yeah, we had night. three past Supreme Tall Seaters there last night. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And I don't know. We only had like twenty-three people there, and three of them were uh, <laughs> past Supreme Tall Cedars. They just saw there was a meal happening somewhere. <laughs> so you've been to Goose and Gridiron lately? Uh, yes, actually, Goose and Gridiron starting to become 
a little bit more active again, some more people coming in. So I feel good about that. But I like it. It's about 12, 13 people, and conversation is good. We have restrictions on talking about the Masonic Center. Huzzah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Larry, what's the... um what do you think is the sweet spot for your goose and gridiron? Like, I've been there when it was four people, and because I don't really like people, I thought it was perfect at four to six people. Where do you think is the sweet I spot? I think the sweet spot is between six and eight people, absolutely. Because I've been there when it was 30 and 40 people, and it's terrible, the f- it's loud, and you don't get food. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, I, and I do like where we're at right now. I don't know that we'll go ever above 12. But eight seems well, to be Well, that's when you franchise it, Larry, and start, the, uh, start setting people up in their own. Yeah, you know, eight, eight seems to be about the best size, and everybody's communal, and we have a good time. It's, it's fun. They're very yeah. communal. Yeah, and we can all be part of the conversation without 35 other people in the background. I don't think we'll ever get Yeah, I've been there on, on mornings where it just broke up into, like, four distinctly separate conversations. Yeah. 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 I have not been up to much. Uh, I was at the uh, Tall Cedars last night. I've just been absolutely swamp busy dealing with uh, Doberman puppies, 12 of them, and doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. It seems like every day I'm going to either a human or a dog vet. So (laughs) Maybe we can add that to our show topic list. Uh, my uh, my my herthal cell my herthal cell carcinoma is that what's a, <laughs> it's a very rare thyroid cancer. Josh, what have you been up to? Pete, can you sign this HIPAA form before we go? <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing. And Tim, you've got your twenty-seven-inch uh, iPad out. Um, what do you what have you had going on? Well, I'm just going to <laughs> on a couple of highlights. I've actually been looks like my first flat screen TV. Yeah, right. Um, so I actually uh, had a meeting of uh, all of the regional IT folks in the state of Pennsylvania, where we looked at the draft version of the uh, trustee and audit um, system, part of uh, Grandview. So secretaries and treasurers out there will be happy to hear that is coming shortly to a website near you. Uh, it's as I've said, if it if it turns out as simple as what the test site looks like, everybody's going to be pleased with it. Um, last weekend, I had the pleasure, as I indicated on our last episode, uh, that I was going to go uh, to a training up in Hop Bottom, Pennsylvania, which is up near Clark Summit. Uh, where we had a great training. I was so pleased that uh, all of the secretaries and treasurers that were there clearly had been using the system, and it made for a very easy training. But the the highlight of the day um, had to be that when I walked in the room and was introduced, one of the brethren came up and said, you're from the Masonic Light Podcast. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. And he says, my son is like your biggest fan. Before you leave today, I have to get a selfie with you. And so John Cook and the others with me were like, what the heck? We've got a superstar in our midst here. And so they've been giving me crap about it ever since. But uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, It's amazing when you go out and people actually know about the podcast. Um, They 
they are regular listeners and uh it really i really did appreciate uh getting that feedback from the folks so had a great time up there i know when i walk to my car it's kind of like those old beatles videos yeah you know with the <laughs> women just chasing me down yeah. for the masonic lake podcast yeah. autograph you know we've got to work you. on those uh those uh, uh the black and whites with the uh you know that we can hand out to our fans <laughs> So, uh, this past Sunday, Jack and I also attended Cigar Lards Number One. Oh, I forgot about that. Up at Cigars International, oh, yeah. and um, there was a huge crowd there. Um, the uh, Grand Smoke was not present; he was in Florida. Uh, but the assistants and deputy Grand Smokes did a good job of uh, hurting the masses. Um, I understand I think, you received a title about that? Yeah, I, I did not realize that uh, uh, I have apparently been appointed aide to the Grand Smoke. Yeah, so. I have your official badge in my car. Okay, well, I guess it is official. So then. did you run the show then? On? No, I'm just the aide. Oh, you're just aide, the aide. Yeah, yeah, the aide just sits and like lights the... Oh, so there is a deputy Grand Smoke? Yeah, there are two of them. Two of them? Three of them, actually. Teddy is one, isn't he? No? No. No, John... Um, John Bro- Jack Brobst and Brobst, yeah. um, Jack and uh, Eddie De Palma or uh, Bra- uh, Bob Bobby De Palma. I'm sorry, Bobby. the guy from Taxi, Louis Bobby, De- Louis Bobby De- Baby Boomer, Louis De Palma. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And then last night I uh, attended an extra meeting of Tricler Lodge where they were conferring two third degrees, um, and uh, our good buddy Evo Andretti uh, conferred that degree. And in the middle of one of them, one of the candidates, like, fell over. They had to call off from... He would say collapsed. <laughs> yeah, he collapsed. Um, syncope. Syncope. Uh, so they had to call in the uh, paramedics and, um, yeah. So, anyway, um, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, because you guys can't help them up if it's not time. <laughs> <laughs> That would be very confusing. We will serve no wine before it's time. That's right. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the rest of the shoe. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning, to materials, to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. And we're back, and uh, this, the, we're going to talk about a couple of different topics tonight. We don't have a guest tonight. We're just sitting around and we're you know arguing about what we ought to talk about. And one of the things that came up was the the news last week um, or last episode. Our brother Walter spoke about um, 
spoke about airing of grievances on in, in a public forum. Let's let, let's be straight up. It was there. There's a lot of stuff being posted on social media right now that just has no business being in social media. Um, what what your grand lodge or your grand body is doing is nobody's business outside of this. And and to throw that stuff up on the internet, I think is um, I, frankly, I think it's a violation of some oaths. Just my thoughts. Just yeah, I saw one last week, and I, and I forget. I'm doesn't I, matter what the body was or what the issue. Mm. But. Well, no, Shriners International made some change. I have no idea what it was, mm. but I just saw a couple people. Just I can't believe like they did this, mm-hmm. and it goes on and on and on. Now, it is a semi-private group that's supposed to be just Shriners in the group, so I, I don't know where. You know, sure, maybe the person could have had a little more tact and said, can somebody explain to me why they did this? On the surface, I disagree, or something like that. But there's a lot of hate and vitriol in these posts. I've seen that word before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so anyway, like I I agree. I think we could tone it down a notch, because it is, even if it's a private group, it's not private. Well, they're not private, and that's, you know... That that's a part of it. Is it's very few are uh, what do they call it when you manage who comes in and goes out? Uh, there's a word moderator. A moderator. There's there, there's a few of them that are fairly tightly moderated, but really for the most part, man, who knows really? And and in in reality, I mean, and regardless of whether it is about the fraternity, which I a hundred percent agree with you, Jack. Uh, we 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 need to we we want our fraternity to be seen in the best light possible among those outside and the internal affairs that go on do not need to be I mean, there is a place for those discussions that's right it's but in it's your in, lodge room that's right it's in Correct. the lodge room in person right. right it's it's in in the in these bodies that not not on uh, public forums yeah. and so it's, on it's like just <clears throat> let's throw back everybody likes to talk about the old days in freemasonry let's let's throw back 150 years would you have put that in the newspaper right no no, no. way no right so why are you wh- what well, Stop and it, the, one, of the, one of the things that I've come to understand, um, and I knew this, but I have to remind myself of this, is when you begin a re- rebut to something that was on, on a, a social media forum with, I can't believe, or whatever, you're not going to change anybody's mind. No, you're not. You're not really doing anything to build anything up. Um, all you're doing is throwing gasoline, stirring the pot, yep. and um, that really is not what we're supposed to be about. No. Well, since um, the beginning of the internet, mm-hmm. I have yet to have anybody change, help me change my opinion mm-hmm. on something politically or like religiously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. No, right. But well, I, and and that's not the place it would happen anyway. Right. If it were to. Maybe your wife made you. Exactly. <laughs> Larry, what do you think? <laughs> Somebody wake him up. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> when I, <clears throat> it was interesting, <clears throat> I read the agenda for next Tuesday's meeting, and I realized it was my Masonic birthday, 48 years. And wow. this is taking me back to. You never wrote anything down. You could be 
decapitated for <laughs> writing anything down about our lodge. And it was, a we, we kept these things close to private. ourselves it's and private. private. It's private business. And, and then social media comes along and blows the whole cover off of everything. I mean, it's, I, I don't know, I'm old school. I just don't think we should even be talking about this. Well, How many beheadings have you participated in? Uh, in At the Rock Quarry in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, three. <laughs> <laughs> Only on the giving end, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like they're Outside of the statute of limitations <laughs> down there. <laughs> Social media allows so many forty-eight years, <laughs> so many good things for communication. Yeah, but there's a lot of that communication that it is definitely taking away from butts and seats in lodge. Uh, mm -hmm. Absolutely, it is, and and I, I just I, I'm I'm just gonna shut up. I'm All done. Right. Well, it's no, a good point. Be, rant, I mean, rant over. you know, does the closing charge, like the thing that's said in the closing charge, does that apply to body Masonic bodies? You know, it tells you to basically, you know, in private, you remind people how they're messing up. In public, you present them and the, you say the best things about them that you can mm -hmm. say. Right. That's the one-minute manager. That's Remember right. that book from yeah. way back before you were yeah. born? Yeah. Um, criticize you know, and uh, compliment praise, in public. And praise, praise in public and right. criticize in private. Yeah. All right. All right. So now that I'm going to criticize in public. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, I want to give a little talk on <coughs> what I think is some lodge etiquette, and maybe I'm the only one putting this forward as, like, my crusade, but somebody might be a good mason, they might be a good, they may be able to run a meeting, they may be able to give a flawless degree, but there, it's a, there's a really good chance that in their career path, they chose a career and they don't have a lot of experience managing people or having to communicate electronically with large groups of people. And um, you got a, w a lot of wires out there right now. Let's yeah. see. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just He's saying. Doing a good job. Leave him alone. <laughs> no, I mean, like, if my job was a mechanic, I would be making a heck of a lot more money than I have ever made in sales. But, um, you know, you don't have, you might, you're busy actually physically helping contribute things to society. Okay. So you may not have a lot of experience managing a group of people. Okay. Or having to email a team. Okay. And, can, and I think that's a struggle that a lot of our officers have as they go through the chairs is when they get to the East as Worshipful Master, they're in this position where they have to lead people. They have to communicate, but they don't necessarily have those skills. Right. And I guess in theory, your secretary should be elected based on the, those skills. Who is the continuity in the lives? The secretary, without a doubt, is the backbone. So I'll just fast forward to my bitch. Here's some, here's some <laughs> tips from Pete. Two, CC, and BCC. Two means it goes to everybody, and everybody who's on that list on the two list Whoever receives that email can see every other person on that list. If you're sending to a large list of people, use the BCC line for everybody. That is called the blind carbon copy. Because if you're emailing 200 people, and Tim, you can't make it because you're having your gout flare up. Mm -hmm. 
Not that that would ever happen. <laughs> Only person that needs to <laughs> know about saying. your gout flare-up is the organizer. Right. Now, 30 other people are going to start going off on a tangent and about saying, Tim's oh, I'm gout. sorry about your gout, Tim. <laughs> you know, I had it in my, in my perineum last week. <laughs> and, you know, it's just going to wow. keep... <clears throat> And now we're 50 emails in. Mm. And you get diet tips oh, and pork and, yeah. Yeah, stuff like and that. And your phone makes a funny little noise every time another email. And you should and try the- tart cherry juice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and all the other uh, home remedies. Now, it even worse because, you know, the, you know, what's the difference between herpes and a group text? A group text is forever. It used to be herpes, but you can get medicine for that now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're... If you're, if you are stuck in a group text, you're screwed. And you don't stick yourself in that text. No, somebody, somebody else yeah. sticks you yeah. in there for you, and you can't get out. And if you reply back, please remove me from this list because there's somebody that doesn't know they can't get out. And then twelve people tell them how to get out, but you can't. Anyway, nice rant, Pete. For, for God's sake, and I, we wish best of luck to our new worshipful master, Larry Hudson. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, it's my only platform, he's so doing please. A better, he's doing a better job. He's learning. He's, doing, right. a good, he's doing a good job. All right, what's our next topic? Oh, what are some cool things that... Right, we we, we, we do a lot of bitching around here, so let's talk about some of the good stuff. We're, we're going to go on the other side. And it, Yeah, and it, it, we, we, had, we, we scrounged really hard and found a couple good things to talk about. So, what's your first one? Um, my first one, I guess, is going to be this past weekend, um, the Valley of Reading and the Valley of Philadelphia partnered up at a lodge in, in, um, in the Paley area. And what is it called, Tim? What's the... Um, it's something like the Traveling Rite or something like that. So basically, they went to a Blue Lodge. They showed a video of the fourth right degree. on the road or... Yeah. Um, the Valley of Reading exemplified one degree full costume full cast in person the valley of philadelphia exemplified one degree and when it's all said and done all these men joined the scottish right and were conferred up to the 31st degree so they are still going to be required to show up at a reunion in order to be considered a 32nd degree mason so um anyway the room was packed there was great degree work, and I just think it's one of the smartest things that have happened in Freemasonry. The, the program is called Right on the Road, R-I-T-E, Right on the Road, and um, and that's the mission: is get you know get out of your temple and get onto the street. It was on a Saturday morning, and they did it. You know, in, you know, maybe it's a pain for someone, especially like in like in our area in Chester County, where you don't have a Scottish Right Valley. You have to choose. If you're in southern Chester County, maybe you go down to Nur, or I mean, uh, the Valley of Wilmington, or the Valley of Philadelphia, or the Valley of Reading. Well, we're oh God, where were we for uh, for uh, Eric's installation? That would be a uh, what? Is that Honeybrook? No, below south of Honeybrook. Um, Downingtown? No, East Brandywine? No. Was it Brandywine Goddard? Brandywine Goddard, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big place. I mean, West Brandywine Township. Yeah. yeah. You could you could easily do um you could easily do that kind of Scottish right work in there. 
and and I would imagine you know there's a certain degrees that just lend well to like the theater in the rounds where everybody mm-hmm. can see from all directions, where you're not relying on the um, you know the 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 drop behind yeah. you with the, with the artwork on it. And I think the idea behind that is that the various county Scottish Rite clubs will help promote and support that and help build it up. So um, I'm sure that whatever the county and they found the little hook at the end where. You're only a 31st degree mason. That's right. So you're not going to go get a 32nd degree double eagle ring. You still got to come to a reunion. Yeah. Right. But you're a Scottish Rite mason. Correct. Hmm. Does that mean we're having a short reunion this year? No. No, we're doing a full reunion because that was geared more for the men in that lodge or the men in that region. Oh. Whereas the Valley of Reading pulls from like five counties. Oh. Be nice if you show. It'd be nice if you showed up to your support your valley once in a while. Larry. Well, I'm waiting to get the notices for the plays because I'm ready to go. The plays. Well, the Grand Valley of Harrisburg or the Big Valley of Harrisburg uh, already has their uh, degree list out. Yeah, ours is out too. They just... graduated from skits to plays. <laughs> you know, at Tall Cedars last night, I had her hear about the Big Valley of Harrisburg. <laughs> Jesus, God. So, what was the other one we came up with? Um, uh, maybe somebody else can talk about it. I've, I'm running, but National well, Grotto National Day. National Grotto Day is another good thing. Um, Grotto, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, decided they were going to implement this National Grotto Day thing, and um, it, it seems to be reminding people that they should go recruit. A lot, a lot of bodies forget to recruit, and uh, that that's the only thing that's yeah. And it's a lot of guys out there talking about it online, and uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen it's a good program. You know, I can't relate this into whether what the success rate's going to be, but I've seen one guy interested in our grotto because of it, and then one person interested in another grotto. So, if each grotto could gain a member, definitely a success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Larry or um, Jack, you have something really cool coming up to the Effort Lodge. Uh, I do, and I. I can't. Uh, I don't have any of the dates or details. Are you looking? Right I'll, I'll, ram- I'll yeah. ramble about it while you dig in your ramble phone. for a second. So, and, uh, it, um, I'm sure a lot of people in our listening area have heard of the Native American. Um, I think they actually call it the Indian they degree. They actually call it the Indian degree. Yeah. And um, it's these master masons that are Native Americans from Oklahoma. They put on a complete show and they travel all over the United States, and it's a you know, it's not just three guys showing up at your lodge, and that's it. Like, there's... Thousands of people that show up to this thing. Yeah, but there's production behind it, yeah, too. And yeah. it's, you know, it's on point. So, um, in our area where Jack's Lodge does every other year, like, the um, they do a lodge in the cave, a cave, the cave degree, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the caverns so is I, called Indian Echo yeah, Caverns. Yeah, I, I, I found that. All right, thing. go ahead. Um, so, effort is biennial every other year, <clears throat> cave degree at Indian Echo Caverns uh, is extra special this year with the Oklahoma Masonic Indian degree team conferring the Master Mason degree. Uh, save the date September 24th. You do need tickets for this event because it does include a, uh, a meal. Um, and there is a link um, on the Effort of Lodge Facebook page if you can get there. Um, I'll, we'll post it. On. And maybe somebody could reach out and see if we can get one of those guys on the show. Um, okay. Before Larry, get get on that, will you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you uh, go to effortofodge 
I think you can find some information about it there and uh, buy tickets for it. We're expecting three or four hundred people. My understanding, though, is that whatever that number whatever is, whatever the number is, you'll get it. That's it. Yeah. Period. Though they're not going to say we're going to open it up for another hundred people because of the pl- the venue there. Is right. There. Um, well, what what they're doing here is instead of doing it where we did it before down at the mouth of the uh-huh. cave, uh, they're doing it up on the field. At the above the cave, oh, okay. where those longhorn cattle are. Um, yeah, the petting zoo. <laughs> yeah, the petting. <laughs> uh, but they're putting up a big tent, uh, a walled tent. Okay. So it's going to be kind of like a tabernacle, and it'll have a roof. So if we get rain, it's so it's a rain or shine thing. Good. Um, yeah. So it's. Um, but we're looking for, I think, three to four hundred people, and and um, that's going to be all we can handle. So I'll, uh, we'll, we'll get more details on that. It's uh, not till the uh, middle of September, so um, we'll, get, we'll hit this again. What tribe point. are they again? Um, Doesn't say. The Masonics. No, no, the tribe. Yeah. I, Larry, just come on. You back. want me to contact them, and I can't speak go, their language. Go back I have to, to sleep. study up. You're going to, uh, okay. It's called English, Larry. Wow, Larry, you're dangerously close here, buddy. Just oh, my God. Can, dangerously can somebody woke him off the show? <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's gonna have to come in here and give you a talk. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> we once again we need to apologize to the Indian nations. Well, the fact that we're saying Indian. All right, all right, all right. Uh, packet of rabbit. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, Josh can cut all that after the official talk. Uh, oh. All right, let's take a break. Yeah, we'll be right back with uh, more of the Masonic Light Podcast. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiramAndSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hiram and Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. Uh, so I, on the last several episodes, you have heard us talk... Uh, informally about something pete's been uh dealing with over the last several months and that is one of the uh dogs that he rescued um which is a doberman he's been very involved with a group uh that we're going to talk a little bit about turns out the uh, dog he was rescuing was pregnant and a few weeks later he ended up with 12 puppies that's correct. Yes. Yeah. So um I've been volunteering with the uh, Delaware Valley Doberman Pincher Assistance for about 10 years now um i've gotten my all my dogs through them used um re- previously enjoyed dogs <laughs> um and so right now what we do is we 
as of six months ago, we had two dogs. And our goal was always to keep one revolving that's a foster dog. So um, we had the one little girl for a little while that had a bad hip issue. And uh, she's, uh, she's now in a loving home. And then we took in this little girl named Karma. And as they say, Karma's a bitch. <laughs> in more wah, ways than wah, wah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Karma was running the streets of Philadelphia. And she was heartworm positive. So our goal was to keep her, to get her through heartworm treatments. So at about a month into owning her, or fostering her, um, we took her in for her first heartworm treatment. And the vet was like, well, we can't do this because she's pregnant. And apparently, somewhere around two and a half weeks before she would have given birth, she went from being skinny and, you know, I mean, her, her breasts were a little more developed, but we thought she had just been in heat or something, but to looking like a full-blown goat that's ready to milk. Mm-hmm. Like, her belly was so big and round. And we found out later why. She had 12 puppies over seven hours. Wow. That's quite a labor. Yeah, so that so now my wife and I it's a, it's a pretty big job every day to muck the stable, um, <laughs> clean up that whole area. Muck the stable. Um, <laughs> Bring get, out your dead. You know, get these dogs to uh, the point where at eight weeks they're going to be adopted. Um, you know, so it's kind of cool. I, I I wish we're getting. You know, I get a lot of people following me on Facebook about it. But I'd like to tell everybody, we need your help. We need foster homes, not for the puppies. We need foster homes for adult dogs. And every single animal rescue around the United States and probably the world needs foster homes. And if you have a busy life, you're busy this, there's even dogs that are out there that are like five, six, seven years old, and they're well-trained and nice dogs. Their owner just went into hospice or something like that like that's the kind of dog that would just be your best friend for the next five years so you know step up and do something we always talk about charity as masons it doesn't have to happen in the mason lodge um you know you could do your mason through your church your community anywhere you want so so adopting a doberman puppy is probably not in uh, most people's wheelhouse um Tell us a little bit about what that might look like. Well, you have to understand, all puppies are cute. Mm -hmm. At about six months to about 18 months, that Doberman puppy is going to be the biggest pain in the butt you've ever... They have so much energy. um, And if you're not... If you don't know how to deal with a working dog, they're going to dominate you pretty quickly. And if you don't give them the mental and the physical exercise and the training as a puppy, you're going to end up turning that dog back into the rescue at a year because you can't, you're going to say, oh, he's crazy. And yeah, Doberman is not for most people. Um, you know, there's other dogs like that too, a Husky. You know, there's just too much energy and, and they're too smart to just sit and be a couch potato. So. Yeah, most I think like ninety percent of the people applying are not going to get the puppies. So I love the story you posted about the uh, Doberman who um, all day long would chase the ball, and then when the old man got tired or whatever, the dog would bark at him because he 
wasn't continuing to play with him. Yeah, I mean, unless you're um, like a, a an athlete, amateur, that's going to go out there and run that dog every day three miles, um, you're not going to wear that dog out. So, you know, you need to make sure you have a, a fenced-in yard and a place where he can run a little bit on his own and have some fun because a walk is just going to... It, that's, that's just going to stretch his legs. He's just going. He's going to need to let loose somewhere. And if you don't train him and you don't give him that exercise, the first time he slips out your door to bark at the dog that just stepped a foot on his property, now you're going to have a very expensive vet bill probably for the other person's dog. So, how do Dobies do in general in dog parks? Um. It's just, you know, every dog is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've had, I've had five. I've only had one, the one that bit you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I would label as aggressive or like a very A, very alpha personality. Mm-hmm. The, all the other ones, I mean, my big diesel right now, he's 130 pounds and he's just a couch potato. And he just, yeah, he'd be great at the dog park. Uh, he would probably get chewed up by the other dogs until he finally, if, if if one of them finally hurt him, then he would magically wake up and remember he's a Doberman. and mm, Become a Doberman. Yeah, but he's a pacifist. He will run until he can't run. So, but, you know, anytime you have a, a Doberman, a pit bull, a German shepherd, when you go to the dog park, You feel the eyes on you the second that you walk in. Oh, absolutely. Does your dog bite? <laughs> you know, I remember when one of my dogs was, uh, when Rocco, the crazy one, was was a, was a puppy. You know, we went into the dog park and there was this um, poodle gang. This, this, <laughs> this group of Mannheim Township people that were friends. There was like three or four people and they each had two. Standard poodles. They were all wearing bomber jackets and pants. And like, if you, you had to walk through that part of the dog park, and these these big standard poodles would come and they wouldn't bite and hurt, but when you see like eight standard poodles bouncing towards you as a little dog, it's frightening. It always scared me in junior high. And um, you know, and you know, it's and they're nipping at them. I'm telling the parents like, you know, you need to control your dogs. Oh, they're just playing. They're playing. But in about another month, this little Doberman puppy is going to be a Doberman adolescent mm-hmm. and is going to hurt one of your dogs, and your dog is the aggressor. And, you know, and, but. Did so, that change your mind? Um, no, then I became the bad guy. Right. There you go. Yeah, because I'm, 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 the, not, I'm the person that's not from Lancaster County, mm. whose name ends in a vowel, so I'm some sort of. Uh, uh, <laughs> Creature. Yes. So what's the best part of being a uh, Doberman grandpa? Um, I would not just the little things like like it is kind of cool watching that whole cycle of life thing, um, watching them be born. Um, I imagine like development wise, it, it's like watching. I got my hair cut the other day. My hairdresser has a uh, like a like a four month five month old baby, and she was commenting. She's like. It's so amazing watching you, your dog and the puppies go through this on such an accelerated developmental rate mm-hmm. of her going from skinny to fat to 
then thin again, mm-hmm. um, and then the puppy's just swelling up. It's, but it's all the same stages as like her baby's gone through, but just like on fast forward. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm dealing with some crappy health stuff right now. So, but when I walk in the room and just start picking up puppies, mm-hmm. you're 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 just magically happy, <laughs> you know. But you know, if I had to deal with those puppies and after eight weeks, I. I'm going to be really happy when they're gone at eight weeks. So has mom started to limit her uh, trips to the puppy uh, to, to the puppy pile? Mama dog, um, really, maybe once a day she'll feed them, but her belly looks like she has German measles because the dog little puppies have such sharp claws. Mm-hmm. It, it can't be at all fun for her to nurse them anymore. Um, and it looks like a... a um, a zombie movie when she steps into the area they swarm her mm. and literally like when she lays down there it it looks like in that world war z when the zombies are trying to climb over the wall and they're <laughs> standing on top of each other nope i mean if i was her i would go just go bump a rail of birth control right now and like, <laughs> ain't doing that again bump, bump a rail <laughs> Oh, I'm, so, oh, I'm bump sorry. Bump it, bump it. Oh, well. So you, you say you have uh, <laughs> gone through five five Dobermans, right? F- five of my own. Five of your own, yeah. Yeah, then, and, and I've, and probably, then I've probably fostered another 20 or 30. Yeah. Um, what, what, tell us about those experiences, kind of overall. What, what do you want? Well, I mean, first, well, let me ask you this. How did you first get started with this? So I saw a dog at the um, in the uh, the Humane League, which is the county's uh, shelter, and her ears were really really big, really floppy, and I thought it was a black and tan coon hound. <laughs> and I always liked hound dogs. I'm like, oh, that dog's so pretty. I want to go get that black and tan coon hound. And then I went to go see her, and I realized she wasn't a black and tan coon hound. She was a Doberman. She had natural ears. Um, but just like any dog, there's slight variations. And her natural ears did hang a little longer, so I thought she was a hound dog. Mm-hmm. And she, nobody cropped her tail. So she had this big, long whip of a tail. So, But my vet assured me she was 100% Doberman. Now, she became a coon hound when the insurance agent asked what kind of dog it was. Because <laughs> that, that was cheaper for my homeowners. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, then I just fell in love with her, and, you know, it's like anybody that's into any kind of a, a purebred dog. Once you have one and you start learning their particular quirks, it's easier just to stick with it. One of the negative quirks about them is they have some health issues, and they don't live super long. So, um, you know, when my last ones died, I was looking around for a new breed but apparently the rescue is they, they have radar. As soon as they hear that you have an opening in your house, <laughs> they start calling you like the warranty guys. Pete, we really need your help. We have this four-year-old male that just, you know, escaped a puppy mill or like, yeah, then you just get stuck. So, Well, I, I mean, I, for one, find it very admirable, the work that you and Stephanie have done and the care that you give those guys. Um, they, they really, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but... Looking at it from the outside, it's almost like watching you raise your kids. Um, 
you know um it, it's funner than that because it is because it's accelerating it is it's accelerating. And, and you're seeing these little balloon these little water balloons just kind of blowing up like the, now they're these giant you know Oh, we kept lo- we kept balls. hoping Pete would install like a puppy cam so that you know throughout the night and whatever you could just tune in and watch only fans page. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, but at at some at, at some point, is I'd, there an only dogs? Is there an only there dogs page? At some point, I'd I'd be like, forget. I'd walk in front of the camera in my boxers, yeah. and, and nobody needs to see any of that. <laughs> I was talking, you know, Mike Smith, who's the um, potentate, the Zembo Shrine. Mm-hmm. He's like. I'm hooked. He he watches my daily video I share the dogs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're going to need you to do this again, and somehow we can tie it to Zembo. And I gave him the idea. I said, I don't know how we could do it, but if we could um, contact some area shelter and we could sponsor, like, a camera, like, showing into, like, a pen where they would have puppies, mm-hmm. you know, call it, like, the Zembo, the, the Zen, the Zen, Zen cam, cam or something like that. Um but yeah, I'm sure there's some things that whatever shelter would want to know, like because there's people walking in and out of there cleaning, mm-hmm. and it's probably some volunteer who's like 15 years old, and like then you get in all these weird things. So I don't know. If we could work it out, I'd love to see a, a shelter pair up with us on it. We'd love to do it. So one thing I want to mention: in the midst of your volunteering to foster a dog that you later find out is going to have 12 puppies and raising those puppies to eight weeks you also monetize that into a fundraiser for the shelter by having a naming contest yeah that raised about a lot just just i know i've i've got a lot of generous friends so i think we've raised fifteen hundred dollars total just by submitting a name for five dollars that i didn't even look at (laughs) Because <laughs> you know, it's a donation, you know. It's like you didn't actually get in. You didn't buy a raffle ticket. <laughs> it was like you got a, you got a, you're a delegate, but I have super delegates, and that's how we chose. But um, yeah, it was. It, it's yeah, it's nice that we made so much money on because we only the adoption fee is five hundred dollars, the same as if you get any other dog. We're not. You could go to a breeder and spend four thousand dollars on a, on a Doberman puppy right now. So they don't jack the prices up because it's a puppy. So uh, we lose, we probably lose money on based on adoption fees. The only way the shelter, or it's not, a sh- yeah, the only way the rescue works is if people make donations. All right. That's it. This is the first time in 134 shows that Larry shut up for a second. That Pete was actually interviewed on the show yeah this is the first what else do you want to know kudos to tim for conducting a very (laughs) good interview got him to answer the questions zimbala zimbala totally totally impressed (laughs) no i i just think that you know we like to talk a lot about bring on the chickens the good things that (laughs) that masons do and I think when we have that in our midst, oh, I think it's perfect. We need to talk about it. Yeah. And Pete has done this for a long time. Um, and as you said, Pete, charity is not just within the lodge room or within the. Masonic. Right. I mean, I do the Santa stumble thing every year, and yeah. that is, I mean, Masons would probably not get anywhere near it because there's alcohol involved. Right. But <laughs> well, Pennsylvania Masons, yeah. anyway. <laughs> some Pennsylvania Masons. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I just. I've had a lot of fun in my life and a lot of a lot of irresponsible fun in my youth 
And I'm not a super religious guy, but I just feel like it doesn't cost you anything and it doesn't hurt to do some good. So more people should do something. Like I want to poke them with that stick like that meme. Do something. (laughs) Exactly. You know. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll come back in just a moment and we'll wrap this show up. Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is back with an update from My Lodge, The Broken Plaw, number 377. Last month, you heard about our pig stomach, Tan Hall. Boy, were those leftovers delicious. There are few things better in this world than hash made from leftover pig stomach fried up in a cast iron pan early in the morning. Well, now it's February, and things are back to normal at the Broken Plaw. At our January stated meeting, our worshipful master told the brethren that he had a special evening planned for our February meeting. We all nodded from the sidelines, wondering not just what that might be. Given that Valentine's Day falls in February, Worshipful Master Amos Appleschnitz wanted a program all about love. He delegated the job to our senior warden, Brother Jacob Eckstein, who then delegated the job to Brother Josiah Lee Paper. Brother Josiah was at a loss. What was he going to do to talk about love? Then an idea struck. He would ask our local retired health and phys ed teacher, Fra Futz, to give a lecture on love and the signs of a healthy relationship. Now, Fra Futz had taught PE and health at our local high school for over 30 years and was just freshly retired. She was honored and accepted the job. Brother Josiah told the Worshipful Master that all was set and that the program would be open to all. Please invite the ladies. When our lodge notice came, we were all excited to tell our own wives and significant others that they were coming to lodge in February for a lecture on love. Now how special does that sound? Finally, the night of the big event arrived. We quickly opened the lodge, took care of our business, and closed the lodge so that we could invite the ladies into the room for our presentation. In rolled Fra Futz with her projector and laptop. She also had a bag full of stuff that I just couldn't see what was inside. I left the secretary's desk and joined my own wife on the sidelines. We were all exchanging pleasantries as Fra Futz set things up. I think many of us had expectations of a good discussion on the benefits of being in a healthy relationship, quotes about love, and solid advice on how to maintain a strong bond with your significant other. Boy, were we wrong. Out went the lights and Fra Futz started in. Her first image was that of a lady's body part that normally one only sees in the centerfold of a dirty magazine. Apparently, Frau Futz thought she was teaching ninth grade sex ed all over again. Some of the ladies in attendance verbally gasped. Some of the single men smiled in expectation of the next slide. For the next 20 minutes, Frau Futz enlightened us all on the signs of STDs and what you can do if you get them. If she mentioned the words burning sensation once, she mentioned it a thousand times. At no point did she actually talk about love, only the dangers of thinking you are in love and acting on those feelings out behind the barn unprotected. In total, we saw 39 images that night and not one of them was G-rated. Ay ay ay. Many of the wives left quite disgusted. Some of the brethren started to exchange stories about that when they were in the service. I guess many of them had first-hand knowledge of some of the diseases that Fra Futz shared that night. In the end, I guess the signs of a healthy relationship equal genitals free of a rash. 
When it was all said and done, it was quite the evening. Very few people stayed for refreshments afterwards. I guess some had just lost their appetites. In the future, Brother Josiah was told in no uncertain terms that he would never be put in charge of another lodge program. On a different note, our local groundhog, Nysteckersville Nelson, saw his shadow on the second of the month. So six more weeks of winter, brethren. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and on the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel, just search Doug Maidenford. And we're back. Ta-da. So uh, what do we got coming up the next couple of weeks? Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, we have a stated meeting coming up. I think that's, yeah, that's going to yeah. be before next show. Yep. Um, other than that, I don't really think I have anything else. What's your program going to be? Do you know? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Larry may know. We'll give him a minute here. Jack, how about you? Um, just the usual candidate instruction on Monday nights. Um, everybody's welcome at Effort of Lodge for Monday nights where they're Somebody's in the lodge from 7 to 6.30 to usually 8.30 or so. Come by, just hang out, you know. Um, it's fun. It's just Masons being Masons and that kind of stuff. Um, I can't think of anything otherwise that I have really pending. I'm going to miss a couple of grotto meetings this month. Um, Are you really going to miss them, though? I'm going to miss a couple of grotto meetings this month. <laughs> and... Uh, but then after that, we'll get back in the swing of it. Great. And the Pete. nights are, the days are getting longer. Yes. Yay. Yay. Something Pete, about how about you? It's approaching the spring Stoltzfus. It is. Did you say Stoltzfus? No, the spring Stoltzfus, oh, where Stoltzfus. the days and nights smell exactly the same. Oh, okay. <coughs> um, what do I, I have? Uh, tomorrow night, I have uh, practiced for the Feast of the Paschal Lamb. <clears throat> it's uh, something our Rose Croy chapter does every year. And... Um, we have a Lamberton meeting, which I will be um, absent from. Oh, uh, Millersville, Millersville, Millersville. I'm serving a suspension. Lamberville, Lamberville. Um, yeah. Tall Cedars Executive Board. Yes. Second uh, of February, second of March. Uh, I will be at the Grotto meeting, and I believe the topic is going to be about um, uh, Major Dick Winters, mm-hmm. and he was the if if you saw Band of Brothers on um, HBO, uh, it. A lot of that was based on his character. Uh, amazing story. I'm kind of in Jack's boat. Like, locally, he he totally did not want a a memorial or any kind of monument to him because he was just such a, a quiet guy that did it for everybody. He didn't – he did nothing for himself. Mm. But, um, you know, the community fell in love with him, and they did put a memorial up, and um, – you know, right up the street. Yeah, so it's 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 a beautiful memorial, and we're going to hear a little bit about that. Um, <laughs> good meeting. Good, Larry. How about you? What do you got coming up? I'm uh, alive. I had a cough. I'm alive. He's back. Goose and gridiron on Thursday. Blue Lodge Tuesday. Uh, I don't know what the program is. I I read the uh, agenda today, but I don't know. What I don't remember. Was that email seventeen or forty two that no, contained that was, the agenda? It was thirty six. Thank you. 
Abord on the following Wednesday. Grotto, I will be at Grotto on the Sunday. Great. So what have I got going on? Um, actually, this weekend, I'm going to the uh, bowling event over near Larry's house, uh, being sponsored by the Scottish Rite Club, I believe. Um, or the Lancaster... Is that Saturday? That's Harris, Saturday. Harrisburg. Yeah, know. I might go, too. Yeah, that's Saturday. Uh, Saturday evening, so uh, we're going to take our mobile equipment and see if maybe we can grab a couple of interviews while we're there. Um, Ubar Grotto that we've heard mentioned um, coming up, I will be at that event. And then on Tuesday, March 1st... I'm sorry, that's not... Yeah. Tuesday, March 7th. These, these late first Monday meetings always screw me up. On Monday, March 7th, um, Eureka West Shore Lodge, number 302 in Mechanicsburg, uh, will host both a blood drive from 9 to 3 p.m. And then our stated meeting that evening uh, will be Kilt Night, uh, in which we will have one Brian Hill, the sultry voice of the Masonic Light podcast, uh, as our speaker that evening. Um, I will not be in a kilt. Who got killed? Uh, not me, uh, but apparently there, it's something that started. It in sounds our like lodge. a third degree, a kilt night. It's it started out a few years ago as a thing, and it has continued, and guys love it. So we're keep we're gonna keep doing it. So that about does it for another episode. So uh, if you're into obese men in, um, in skirts. <laughs> in kilts and skirts, yeah. Come on Mechanicsburg's out. the place for you. Exactly. There are some people that like that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, Josh, let's cue these chickens and get us out of here. <clears throat> Special thanks to Everton Lodge 665 for continuing to make our broadcast studio available. Thanks to Josh Lambert and producer director continues. I say that all the time. Thanks, Josh. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, Tim Dedman, our marketing director, and to Masonic Light contributors, Michelle Snyder and Doug Maddenford. And I am on suspension for the last joke that I told, so I'm cutting it off there. Thanks for listening. This is Larry Maris. Hey, Larry. Yo. How do you know that the Freemasons were not involved in the Kennedy assassination? I have a theory on that. Because it succeeded. (laughs) That's bad. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Hey, Moyer, call in. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he hasn't done that. That's right. He'll be at breakfast tomorrow.